Welcome to the 49th Meal Podcast. My name is Mitchell Howe and I am your host. I'm going to take you along a journey throughout the state of Alaska where we'll meet the men and women that make the food that you love. Hello everyone. We are with Haley today with RDRX Nutrition. This is a little bit different of an episode is Haley is not necessarily a food or beverage maker, but she is a nutritionist and she is very familiar with the health scene around here. So we will talk to her about what she does and some of the places that she recommends for a healthy lifestyle. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, I'm a local registered dietitian here in Anchorage um, and I see clients in person or virtually. Um, But essentially my job is to be kind of a nutrition coach. My job entails a lot of, you know, support through food journaling and just teaching people how to eat healthy. And the reason I created a blog about healthy places to eat in Anchorage is I feel it's really important that my clients have a good quality of life and are able to, you know, eat out and enjoy what Anchorage has to offer. And some of them want to kind of make better choices. So I tried to compile a list of some places that I like to go and kind of what food pairings I usually choose. That's awesome. And now, Obviously, being in Alaska, everybody thinks it's a little slow to catch on to the trends. Obviously, like keto diet is, I know a lot of people up here that are keto, um, the Mediterranean, a lot of the diets. Do you see the the trends coming up here more or is it that delayed kind of response before we get a lot of the stuff up here? That's a great question. Um, Honestly, I've seen a couple places cater a little bit towards the keto diet or maybe some more whole foods. What I notice quite often is a few restaurants are trying to incorporate more local foods. So sustainability is a um, an important topic going on right now. And those are kind of the things that make Anchorage so special is some of these local restaurants work hard to get other local businesses involved. And I think that's really important. I typically don't eat out at, a, at very many chains myself. So I try to encourage my clients to experience some local food. And now a big part of that I know just even myself I'm, I'm a pretty hefty guy I've been in the kitchen for 10 years I try to watch what I eat most of the time I just watch it go down but um, I try to watch what I eat and I I was under the assumption that eating healthy costs a lot more obviously everything costs more in Alaska but do you see is it a major difference up here of getting the local healthier stuff compared to the pre-processed foods Yeah, I mean, anytime you're eating out, you're going to pay a little bit more for it, right? But with Anchorage's uniqueness in the sense that we don't necessarily always have a ton of fresh produce, um, I notice it to be just a little bit more expensive. I just, uh, I'm from Anchorage, but lived in Colorado for the last few years. And coming back, groceries were a little bit more expensive. Eating out seemed comparable enough that, you know, I don't think it's too too big of a difference but yeah it definitely might be a little inflammation there from the you know availability of what we have and what what's some of the benefits to eating more of a balanced diet and eating locally produced stuff compared to all the processed stuff besides the obvious like weight gain and stuff like that do you since you're really into this space do you see a significant difference in just everyday health or any major other major health issues? Yeah, so people I think choose more um, 
of the local foods. I think they get a better, I mean, obviously it's a lot higher quality than something from a train restaurant that's either heated up in the microwave or um, kind of already pre-made. And it's just a different experience um, as well. I think you feel much better about, you know, your body afterwards and how you're actually feeling versus stuffed or, you know, not feeling so great after eating, you know, a bowl of Olive Garden Alfredo or something like that. But I do think it is really more of just trying to choose some of the foods that make you feel best. But if there's anything we know about nutrition, um, reducing your processed foods is so critical to managing any chronic disease or avoiding any chronic disease. So I do really stress that upon my clients. You know, it's okay to have those treats every once in a while and incorporate some processed foods, but being mindful of really trying to bump up some of those fresh um, whole foods versus going with the processed. Yeah, I know myself, I'm, like I said, I've been trying to make that switch. And one thing I, I, I love about being up here in Alaska, especially when I first moved up here, I was in Sitka, Alaska, and the uh, abundance of fresh seafood is just to die for. I've lived on the coast of the Gulf and places like that, but that fresh seafood up here is just amazing. And now, speaking of this fresh seafood, is there places places that you recommend for fresh seafood? Maybe some health-conscious tourists are coming up or just even locals in general if they want that fresh seafood? Sure. Oh my gosh, living in Colorado, if I had to look at tilapia one more time, I would lose my mind. It's like, no, nothing is comparable to fresh caught salmon and all of it and all the good stuff. I mean, honestly, one of my family's favorites is Simon and Seifert's. That's a great um, go-to if you're a tourist trying to, you know, get a good view. Um, they always have some fresh options. Uh, I think if you're into sushi, this is the best place to do it. I think we have a lot of great places that offer some fresh uh, sashimi. And, oh, yeah, Nusagai has some awesome poke. Uh, and then I'm just trying to think of some other seafood favorites. Um, I went to Snow City this morning. They have such awesome breakfast creations with, you know, using crab and salmon that's locally sourced, uh, which is really cool. So those would be some of my favorites. Yeah, we went yesterday. We were, uh, me and my family were down in Anchorage and we have not had poke in so long. And we found a little pokey place and oh, it's just so wonderful. So now with, with everything in the news here lately, with the coronavirus and all of this, how, how important is the, your nutrition to staying healthy on and avoiding or recovering from uh, either catching something as the corona or just the, the local crud that goes around? I know my family, we got wiped out twice just from the seasonal crud. That's, yeah, I saw somebody on Instagram post about their, um, a corona diet of all things, and that drove me nuts. But <laughs> Now, if you haven't been eating healthy, you know, trying to slam some vitamins and zip fizz is really not going to cut it. You, you got to have that balanced diet to build up that good immunity. Um, you can certainly start eating healthier once you're feeling sick as well, but uh, it's kind of what you're doing beforehand that helps uh, prevent you from getting sick. Another thing is dietitians are really the only nutrition professionals allowed in the, are allowed to work in the hospital as for as providers um, because it is so critical to healing and recovery uh, if you're not eating the right things your body can't really fight off um, what's going on whether it be wounds or the flu or 
you know, um, some of those other GI symptoms that aren't so pleasant. Um, it's really hydrated and replenish a lot of those electrolytes. Uh, another thing that I encourage too, if you are on prolonged antibiotics, um, maybe getting in some probiotic food sources like yogurt or keeper or some fermented foods to build up that gut health again. Um, but there's some truth to, you know, making sure you're getting all of your vitamin C and things like that. Um, I generally encourage incorporating that, um, I mean, as a daily source in your diet, whether it's uh, tangerines or broccoli and cauliflower have vitamin C. Um, anytime you're increasing, you know, fresh foods, you're going to be closer to hitting your vitamin and mineral goals. And now for uh, on your services that you offer, what what's kind of the, the breakdown when people come to you? Yeah, so generally, I, I really stress that everyone's diet is so individualized. So I take about an hour to get to know my client, their food preferences, where their learning is at. Um, as a dietitian, I want, I want my clients to really have the education of how to build a healthy diet and make it sustainable for them. I don't just hand out a, you know, a generic meal plan and say, you know, this will make you lose weight. See you later. Um, we genuinely check in every week. Um, I talk to them every day on my phone app that has a food journal and that way I can kind of stay on top of, you know, what, what are they struggling with? Where are there missing pieces in their diet? And just have that constant communication of, um, supporting them through making better, healthier choices. Okay. And now when uh, people are starting diets, like I know myself, anytime I try to go, I'm one of those people, I'll try to go from a hundred, like just sodas or every junk food that you can imagine, especially when I was working on the line. So, all right, I'm going to try to eat healthier. And then like, I noticed myself when I do that, I get like really cranky in the crash. Yeah. What I call the crash is I, I just am miserable. Sure. What, what's that from? And how, how do people that maybe are trying on their own, how do they help with that? Yeah. So I generally don't recommend going to an extreme. Like if you're drinking, let's say five sodas a day, going straight to zero may not be your, you know, your best, your best um, approach to kind of cutting back on some of those things. And some people are just in such a calorie deficit that they're exhausted and fatigued by the end of the day because they've restricted a lot of regular foods that they've been eating. Um, so I really, really stress uh, keeping consistent meals throughout the day and snacks that are balanced um, so that we can keep that energy level um, and for and kind of stay away from that 3 p.m. crash or whenever you're crashing um, because you're, you're fueled a little bit better. Yeah, and now one thing, um, we've had a couple guests on the show, like kombucha places and a um, bread place. I've seen a big trend towards fermented food. Do you mind uh, kind of touching on, on what fermented food really does for us? Sure. So like I kind of said, if you've, take, you've taken prolonged antibiotics or you're struggling with some gut health, um, adding in um, some fermented foods or things like uh, like you just mentioned, kombucha, um, can really increase uh, some of the good bacteria in your intestines um, and improve your gut microbiome. Unfortunately, we don't know exactly how much or how many probiotics or what strands exactly um, build up gut bacteria. So it's, it's hard to give a exact prescription for that. Um, like even in the hospital setting, uh, putting probiotics on, on there 
on their med list is kind of a guessing game. Um, and just like nutrition, everybody's gut health is so variable that we can't really say what exactly, how much you should be eating every day. Um, another thing, how you said bread, um, consistent carbohydrates that are more complex and less processed have shown really great uh, effects for your digestive system. So when some people, you know, cut out all carbs because they're going keto, that could certainly change their gut bacteria and they could experience some uh, different GI symptoms, whether it be constipation or um, just not feeling as good. So there are some things to be mindful of when you're changing your diet to extremes. Um, it can also take, take a toll on other parts of your body. That makes a lot of sense. Now, since you're a dietitian, I'm going to ask because I've been in the kitchens forever. I've seen this whole trend on literally overnight, everybody and their mom was allergic to gluten. What is the difference between a gluten allergy and a gluten intolerance? Great question. <laughs> um, well, intolerances, people may be um, you know, experiencing some discomfort or some gas or some bloating those are typically what maybe an intolerance is. Um, allergy, there's true, true things going on there where your body's either producing antibodies to kind of fight that um, gluten. So typically people are diagnosed with celiac disease um, and it is kind of imperative that they follow a gluten-free diet because they can really wreck their gut health and you know, have extreme inflammation from consuming it a ton. So um, it's just a little bit uh, different severity levels. And uh, the trend was popular. Uh, well, I think, I guess is still popular for a lot of people um, just because it's really gotten a lot of bad publicity with not a lot of science behind it um, because companies made a lot of money off their marketing. And um, some people, when they cut out all gluten, they lose a little bit of weight generally because they're cutting out a lot of carbohydrates that maybe weren't so good for them. But for me as a dietitian, if you do not have any intolerances or symptoms, uh, having whole grain bread or whole grain tortillas, things like that are perfectly fine to have in your diet. So kind of just depends on the, on the person's preferences and beliefs. Oh yes. I've been, been on the line many times where somebody comes in and says they're highly allergic and tell it's dessert time, then that chocolate cake's just fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was a server through grad school, and I had a, uh, a lady at a table order a gluten-free pasta and then had like a, a cake thing for dinner, exactly what you said. And I was like, <laughs> no, that it's just pasta that does it. All right. <laughs> so now back to the Anchorage food side. So where where's some, uh, some of your favorite places in kind of what what do you really like about them? Well, um, last week I got some awesome jicama tacos from Tequila 61. That was really fun. Um, I've never seen a little tortilla shell made out of jicama and I'm very passionate about increasing vegetables and the flavor was great. So that was really fun. Um, lately, when I do not have a solid lunch packed, um, I am a dietitian, but I am not always prepared with the perfect options either. So Sweet Caribou has been a really great backup for me um, and they deliver for free, which is really cool. They make a lot of balanced salads and each salad has a little cookie in it, which is also a nice little surprise. Um, I would say 
big go-tos for me are the moose's tooth and bear's tooth options. I really like doing salads and adding a lean protein on the top or just getting, you know, a slice of pizza and pairing some veggies on the side is a great go-to option and tacos are always good too. Any restaurants that you recommend? Uh, so myself, um, Lee's, Lee's Pokey Shop, like I said, we just went there yesterday. That was amazing. And uh, one of my actual favorite places, I know it's not the healthiest, but is the 49th Brewery. Oh my gosh, yeah. It's so good. All the breweries around town. That was actually what started me coming up to Alaska was working for them. Nice. And uh, ended up moving up here. Now, for people that are really trying to eat healthier and that's more sustainable diets, is there any places you recommend them to check out? Because I know some of the bigger places aren't, I mean, the places that are doing the really focused on health are don't always have the biggest advertising budgets and are kind of little off the beaten path sometimes. So anytime my client is, you know, telling me, okay, this week we have some eating out planned. Generally, I want them to go to the place that they're really wanting to go to and also getting the food they really want to. Um, I just ask for a little bit of compromises, whether, okay, if we usually get a 12-ounce steak, let's get a 6-ounce or little things like that where it's kind of a trade-off. Um, or if they usually get two high-carb sides, well, maybe we get one veggie side and that, um, you know, more indulgent carb side. And that way you can still enjoy what you like to eat versus feeling like you always have to get the salad with grilled chicken or whatever. Um, because it really comes down to what they're doing the majority of the time versus, you know, eating out once a week. So honestly, I don't want to be too biased and say like, this place is the healthiest, you all should go here. But um, some other favorites where you can get some high quality uh, proteins and veggies, Middleway is an awesome place. Um, like I said, Snow City, I think everybody thinks, you know, these places aren't, yes, they have, you know, the crazy French toasts or pancakes or some of the more, uh, treat like meals, but there's always a way, you know, at a place to seek out kind of, you know, what options can I pair together to make the plate a little bit more balanced. Um, and when I'm trying to make a balanced plate while eating out, I generally start with a vegetable. I try to find, you know, is there a side? Is there a dish that has a vegetable base? Um, and kind of go with that. Then I look for a lean protein. Um, and then whatever carb choice I choose, I just make sure that it's not like, you know, a giant bowl of mac and cheese. Maybe it's a smaller side dish of it. Um, so now, what do you mind explaining to our listeners what, what you mean when you say lean protein? So um, Alaska has some really great options for that. Um, I actually just pulled up the 49th State Brewing um, menu because you said that. And I'm looking at a whole list of them right now. They have some Alaska chicken. They have uh, some salmon. Shrimp would be great. Uh, poke is a great lean protein. Turkey. But when we get kind of into the higher fat meats, like uh, maybe some... Uh, pulled pork or prime rib or a higher fat steak or something like that those things are fine to have, have. Um, they just need a little bit smaller portion because there's a little bit more saturated fat in those okay yeah I mean I, I've heard obviously working in the kitchen I know know the definition but when I've talked to people I've heard people what do you mean lean protein protein's protein <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, and that's, I, for example, another one, I have a lot of people that still think sausage and bacon is protein, but it's really a lot more fat than what most people want to accept. Um, and then like wings or chicken thighs, with that skin added, it, it's not it's not really any longer a, a leaner protein. It's okay to have. It's just you might not meet your protein needs with some of those higher fat meats. And with everything going on, do you see uh, not just like the coronavirus, but just in general, the transformation in our diets in the last five to 10 years even, do you see people are gradually shifting more towards that, being more conscious and aware? of what they're eating because i know like when i was growing up it was tv dinners and a big pot of spaghetti once a week and we didn't really pay much attention to what we ate compared to now um i've noticed even myself i kind of watch what i feed my own son yeah i think it's becoming a little bit more apparent that you know living that way leads us to a lot of chronic diseases i have young people who are concerned about heart disease and diabetes because family members have it and i think the effort to some of these diets like a whole 30 and paleo i mean they're trying to reduce processed foods which is which is a good thing um so i do think people are taking it a little bit more serious um but then there's a lot of us foodies too that you know really want to experience maybe not the healthiest options, but in moderation, that's okay, too. Okay, yeah, because I know I've I've had to switch my diet a lot. Um, I suffer from chronic kidney stones. Yeah. And when you're past 80, 80 stones in a year, you learn real fast. No, you can live without it. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. And there's so much that diet can really do and without having to be, you know, an extreme uh, restrictive situation, it can still be, still be fun and you can still get the things you want. Um, a lot of it is our, our portions too. But most of my clients, um, how you said kind of the TV dinner situation, you know, we're all really busy, um, especially if you work a full-time job, have kids, kids schedules. Um, a lot of my clients are coming to me just to help them kind of, you know, organize for the week, get a good plan in place so that they can be successful and not having to run through the drive throughs or frozen foods all the time. So that, that actually uh, made me think of something I'll bring up. I know in our hectic life, I've dabbled with meal prepping a little bit. Yeah. And you get online and you start trying to look it up and you can just go down the rabbit hole until God only knows where. What What kind of advice do you recommend for maybe somebody that can't have the time or the means to uh, consult with a nutrition like you? What do you kind of recommend as a general rule for people that are maybe wanting to get into meal prepping? That's a great, great question. Um, so what gets tough is there's just so much on the internet um, as far as meal plans go. And it may be a really great place to start. It's, it's when you get kind of in the routine of that and maybe you're not seeing results or things like that. It's, it, it could be really helpful to work with a dietitian just to kind of assess like your true needs. Everybody has different macro distributions and different protein needs and different fat needs and all of that to where generic things online may not give you as detailed information as maybe your body actually needs. So I think it's a really great place to start and start getting in the habit, find some good go-to recipes, but maybe looking a little deeper at what exactly your portion sizes should be um, when it comes to your lifestyle, your activity, your goals. 
um, things like that. But generally, like I was kind of saying with the restaurant situation, I always encourage people meal prepping to have a vegetable source and that kind of be half their plate. Um, and then a lean protein source. Uh, you could start with uh, the serving size that's around the size of your palm, um, which may be a good, good place to start. And then your carbohydrate um, should be the other little fourth of the plate. Um, so instead of doing, you know, uh, to-go containers full of pasta or rice, that should be really the smaller side portion. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I know um, I, I got into doing a little bit of meal prepping for myself. And like I said, I just ended up going down the rabbit's hole. And I was, yeah, it got crazy. So now uh, if people are interested in learning more about your services, what a dietitian and stuff can do for them. Is there a place they can look you up or how do they kind of follow you or get in touch with you? Yeah. They can go to my website at rdrxnutrition.com. And if you need to know what it stands for, rdrx stands for registered dietitian prescribed. Um, so that might be a way to remember it. And then I have a ton of recipes on my website. I am by no means a chef or have any culinary experience. I just started throwing recipes together um, based on what my clients were asking for. And that's usually just quick, easy meals that you can make within 30 minutes. So um, you can check those out. I have a Pinterest board, I have an Instagram, and I have a Facebook um, where I try to share relevant posts and blogs that can be helpful resources. And for our listeners, if you are interested in any of these links. If you click on the show notes, we will make sure we have those. So now, uh, something you just said kind of caught my attention. You said you're not a chef. You don't have the culinary experience. What got you into dietitian then if you didn't come from that food background? That's a great question. I went to a couple schools uh, for college looking into a pharmacy program. Uh, I, I always knew I wanted to be in healthcare. My mom's a nurse. My sister's a nurse. Um, unfortunately, I don't have the tough uh, stomach for some of um, maybe the more unpleasant things in the hospital, but I knew I wanted to help people. So I looked into that, I followed a pharmacist and it was really, really a lot more boring than I thought it would be. And a lot of the medications being handed out could be for exercise. And um, I've always been an athlete. I love, I love food and um, getting people excited about it and make it more simple and applicable just sounded like the right avenue. And I always, I've always liked baking, which sounds contradicting, but even since I was young, I would put like oatmeal or use bananas instead of sugar or things like that to, you know, try to increase the nutrient value. So, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. I, I think a lot of people just assume like most dietitians, I've met a few, a lot of them came from the kitchen life and just kind of got burnt out and wanted to explore another avenue. So it's kind of really cool to hear that. So now one question I really like to ask a lot of my guests on the show is where do you see your field going in the next five years or so with all the rapid change? Oh my goodness. Um, I have a lot more virtual clients than I did before just to work with people's schedules and be able to hop on a FaceTime to check in versus coming in for a full appointment has been critical to a lot of my clients success and making it a little less stressful. So I would say there's a lot more um, online opportunity and it's an easier way for me to reach people with some of the resources that I provide. Um, even just from my blog, like 
you know, I can send that link in five seconds versus trying to explain a whole whole thing to someone or repeat myself a lot. But um, yeah, I would just say virtually there's a lot going on and, you know, there's always new, new nutrition guidelines and things like that. So I honestly, I, that's a hard question. I don't know where I'll be or what my business will be, but I hope it keeps growing and it's, it's awesome when you love what you do. Well, thank you so much, Haley, for joining us and educating us about uh, nutrition up here and kind of some of the restaurants. I hope our listeners do follow you on any of your social media pages and read your blogs. And like I said, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to share. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the interview, please go ahead and be sure to check the show notes so you can follow our guests on their social media. And we also ask that you please give us a thumbs up or a rating wherever you are listening to this podcast. And if you did not like the show, well, just go ahead and listen to something else then. Nobody needs a negative Nancy. Thank you for listening to my daddy, Hugh Ladle. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.